Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. One important part about waking up, speaking up, and showing up is once you start speaking up and showing up, you better know what you're talking about. You True. better be right and accurate, you know, and there's there's, there's no source of information today because there's uh, so many voices, so many channels, so many things can, can get out. There's a lot of lot of white noise and a lot of people that know exactly how to separate what they think from what they know. Yep. Uh, they round up on numbers and this kind of thing, and it's like, eh. You really need to be precise when you're talking about what's going on. Um, you know, we're roughly 340, 341 days roughly mm-hmm. away from the 2024 election. Because 2024 is a leap year. It we is a leap year. That. It's common knowledge. Everybody knows this. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got a big timer in front of me. We got a screen, a monitor. We also have a little clock that we bought that counts these things down by the day. And it's important to know to know what we're doing, why we're doing it, and what all is at stake, and then what we can do to be as effective as possible in that fight. Uh, today's guest has been a, an independent oh voice uh, for election reform. He's spoken over 43 different states. If you're watching this, there's a good chance you probably have heard today's guest speak at one point or another. Um, we're talking crowds of of 10 or 15 of a city council in some small town in Wisconsin to, 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 to 10,000 people in, yep. in, in large venues, um, uh, personally connected to uh, all of the people that are making the most things happen. Um, he's what I consider a Trump approved uh, election uh, analyzer and uh, is frequently uh, retruthed and, and re- retweeted back when that was possible by President Trump. Um, with no further ado, I'm super pumped to get into a conversation with the one, the only Captain Seth Keschel. Yeah. Well, we've come a long way since the first interviews that we did. We used to do them at five o'clock in the morning and guys would roll out of bed. And, and now here we are in the middle of the day recording this great interview. So oh. I'm ready to jump started. It's like, it's we like are living too. in a country club now compared to, we, we, had, we had metal chairs then because we couldn't afford the cushions. We couldn't afford the applause because we didn't have the, 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 the staff or, or the means. We still had heat lamps clamped to the ceiling, you know, and, and going. But you were somebody that like early on was like, hey, mm-hmm. I believe in what you guys are doing. I'll be available and, and, and get it. Now, it's not going to be a convenient time because you were in between flights and, and up to your eyeballs and, and uh, trying to save the country. But I, I, th- I want to th- publicly thank you for that mm-hmm. because um, you you made that happen. You also directly connected us with with General Flynn. You know early on, because you used your relational equity there, and, and and he came on as a guest on our show. And that was at as a point in time where you were kind of more betting on on what Flavor Conservative Show could be than than what it was. But I think it actually is more of a reflection of your just commitment to do whatever you could possibly do to save this country. And I uh, thank you for that. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I believe in everybody's sincere efforts to use their talents for the betterment of our country uh, to use their faith to put it put their money where their mouth is and do what they do well and i would have done that for anybody regardless of what i thought their potential was and you guys have clearly made the most of your platform and you continue to grow your audience and reach more and more people so thank you again for having me on well speaking of yes. reaching more and more people um i i've, I've kind of been an observer of substack for for a while um you know, kind of figuring out the, you know, the app and how do you get there and who to follow and, you know, and this kind of stuff. And uh, there's been a few that I've, I've, I've tracked mm-hmm. on there, but your writing and the way that you process large amounts of data and make it digestible for a regular person. Um, you do that on other issues when it comes to, you know, either like, you know, just, just beliefs in your story and conservative principles. Mm-hmm. And you, you take big things and, and make them simple where I think a lot of people take a simple thing and they make it really big and you're more That's confused. True. They do the opposite. Um, but your Substack is, is phenomenal. And the inspiration for 
uh, this conversation today is you you wrote an entry and we got your your the the it's skeshel.substack.com so s and then k e s h e l .substack.com uh you you're at a post called one year out where do the six contested states of 2020 stand? And I guess we'll, we'll dive into that. But the first question I'd like maybe to answer for our listeners, because most of them are, are going to work. They're trying to pay their bills. If there's something mm-hmm. big, I'll go. Or maybe a we, the people meeting, or they, they vote. They vote even on the mid, you know, the midterms. They're, they're kind of involved, but they're also making sure their kids get their homework done and trying to keep them from going crazy and getting attacked by drag queens. And they're kind mm-hmm. of in that in that lane. And if it's not at the front and center of their mind, they might be wondering, hey, we're coming up on another election. Is is there anything different now than there was in the past? And and how are we progressing forward? Are there some losses or some wins? But like moving into this, um, you know, I, I like this one year out idea because even if there are gaps, we can work mm-hmm. on it. But where are we at right now at the one year out mark? We have to define the problem first and foremost. My substack is a compilation of the brain of an Army intelligence officer. So I took a lot of information, a lot of significant activities, a lot of enemy activities, a lot of square mileage, and had to boil that down and condense it into digestible, actionable points that can be used by combat commanders to make a battle plan that is useful and keeps our troops safe and also puts the enemy in jeopardy. So looking at the 2024 election, of course, you've got 3,143 different counties and independent cities that are going to impact that vote. But only a handful of them are going to determine the president. I tend to believe the way elections are manipulated now, there are 37 to 40 states that are already pre-allocated red or blue. And I hate for that to sound like a, a cause to not vote or not participate. It's completely the opposite. Understanding the battlefield is important. I see two states... My goal being for President Trump to become the next president of the United States. Amen. I consider, I consider him the only option for a long-term into election manipulation. I don't think any other president in that office would be willing to do what it takes to ensure that we have a free and fair election, and no more than the one who had an election ripped out from under him in 2020. He is the guy for this job. He's got one term. He doesn't need to concern himself with a re-election, and I think it's going to be a big term. There are two states from his certified hand in 2020, despite all the corruption, that he needs to hold on to that I think are in jeopardy. North Carolina and Texas. North Carolina was artificially trended about eight points to the left. I've got North Carolina at a nine-point margin of victory for Trump in 2020 based on party registration trend and incumbent vote gain. 93 out of 100 counties in North Carolina had a Republican registration trend. None more pronounced in New Hanover County there on the Atlantic coast, which has consistently voted for Republican presidential nominees for 40 years, then finally flips to a Republican voter registration advantage only to vote for Biden. I've got Biden over 10,000 votes high in New Hanover County, for instance. North Carolina has to be held. Texas must be held. And yes, I said Texas, the king red state. Texas was one artificially low by President Trump in 2020, despite a record Republican vote gain bigger than George W. Bush's in his own state. He won it by the same margin within a half a point of what he won Georgia by in 2016. Georgia, of course, was ripped off in 2020. So I consider Texas, especially with all the hoopla about it trending and with all the conversations about so-called changing demographics, I consider it to be a potential target. You pull 40 electoral votes out of the thread for President Trump, we have serious problems. Once those two states are held, then we have what I call the six contested states from 2020 where all the lawsuits were filed. 
that is the dirt in which the election of 2024 will be decided. And I'll let you decide where we're going to start off from. Well, that's it, mm, it's shocking huge. to hear. You know, Texas could be there. I want mm-hmm. you know, Flyver, Flyver family again. Stacy mentioned it. We got uh, the bottom of the screen. It'll also, be down down below. Mm-hmm. But for these next 340 days or whatever, uh, sub- subscribe. You can get a free version. There's a paid. There's some content that uh, you can only you know for the paid uh, subscribers. But Seth's Substack should be something on your privilege should be one of your tabs, you know, in the bottom of your, your browser window, something you're going to be kind of, kind of looking at. If you're going to consider yourself a watchman on the wall, that's like, Hey, I I don't want to see this whole thing burn on my watch while I'm alive. This is a place where it's like an important light on the dashboard uh, to be able to look at. Um, one, I know that everybody's kind of, a, kind of interested in specifically is Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's gotten so much attention and, and I kind of want to bring our eyes to this one idea of like, I feel like some of these people that are put in, put in place, you know, like, you know, what they had with Fetterman where they feel like you just, people are put into a, a high level position in not, not in spite of a deficiency, but almost because of it, mm. you know, in some of these places. And you look at like, how could something like that happen in Pennsylvania? And I don't think what we've seen in the election results reflects like my anecdotal evidence of spending a lot of time in Pennsylvania and talking to people that live there. So, so what's the trajectory for it? And and is it at play? I consider after North Carolina and Texas are held by president Trump, I consider Pennsylvania to be the second most important battleground state. The first is Georgia. And we can get into that when we jump on Georgia, but Pennsylvania is probably the most irritating of these states to me because it provides more data for me to analyze over 67 counties than really any other of the contested states. Pennsylvania has a hardcore Republican Party trend. You're from right there in the heartland. A lot of people on the show right now, especially if they're new to the political arena, may not understand that Bill Clinton won Missouri twice. And then in 2008, John McCain beat Barack Obama by the skin of his teeth in Missouri, a couple thousand votes. Then you had a big trend for Mitt Romney. It wasn't because of Romney. It was because the Democrat Party lost its hold on white working class voters. And then you go into 2016 and Trump blew Missouri out by by 20 points. Now, in 2020, of course, you have what should have been a little bit more of a Republican trend. I think there's some election manipulation present in Missouri. But nobody considers Missouri a battleground state anymore, but it once was. Likewise, people just cannot conceive of Pennsylvania being a state that is a Republican state because it hadn't been Republican since 1988 until Trump won it in 2016. But the registration trends have been present and predictive for decades. We had a Republican registration advantage going into 2012. Mitt Romney cut Obama's margin in half, though he didn't gain much. President Trump had huge gains in 2016, and they were consistent with the party registration trends. 60 counties out of 67 trended Republican in registration, and 62 became more Republican in the vote. Yet the same number in 2020, 60 counties became more Republican in registration, this time with a 21 to 1 GOP advantage as a ratio over the Democrats. But only 20 counties in the election became more Republican and just by an eyelash. There was cheating all across the state. I've got a Trump margin of six and a half points in Pennsylvania minimum in 2020, over 400,000 vote margin of victory. Very consistent with what we saw going on at the count on election night. Now, Pennsylvania on the pros. Pennsylvania has a continuing Republican trend in 60 counties. There are only seven counties that consistently show a Democrat registration trend. Most of them are down in the southeast part of the state in the collar counties of Philadelphia. We also have major movement among minority working class voters towards the MAGA movement, not necessarily towards the GOP, but this is showing yeah. up in the mm-hmm. registration. 
And it is rumored before the votes were skewed that President Trump was pulling 30 percent of the black male vote in the Rust Belt in the 2020 election. They are much more Republican than their southern counterparts that you're going to find down in Georgia. So those are the the good things. So what it means is it's going to be very difficult to rip off Pennsylvania in 2024. It's going to be much more obvious than it was in 2020 if that is the attempt. Now, on the bad side, the Republican Party in Pennsylvania is feckless. They've done nothing (laughs) to combat ripped off elections, not just President Trump's ripped off elections. They also helped push Act 77, which blanketed the state with mail-in ballots. Ballot harvesting is something the Democrats in the Midwest, including in Michigan, have mastered. We also have the issue in Pennsylvania of automatic voter registration. I wrote a substack about that back in September. The governor, Josh Shapiro, just made an executive fiat to allow for automatic voter registration. Most of the states that have it have passed it by law. But automatic voter registration is a death wish for free and fair elections. President Trump lost 18 of 20 states in 2020 operating automatic voter registration. The total electoral count, 243 to 9. What it does is it creates an expanded pool of registered voters that then receive a mail-in ballot because they'll push rules to make sure that every registration receives a ballot. A lot of these aren't finding their intended target. They're picked up by harvesters, put in drop boxes over several weeks of early voting. So Pennsylvania is wide open for rampant corruption. And that is independent of before we even get into the cyber portion of what's happening with our elections. Do you find that consistently? I know as, as uh, reading yesterday, uh, Ronna McRomney, is really on the hot seat uh, when it comes to their position. She's done nothing but lose since being there, mm-hmm. but their fundraising is record low. Like their coffers are low. People like nine million in their coffers, and in like 2016, I think it was like 60 million or yeah, something it's, like it's, that. I don't know the the exact numbers, but, but it's, it was outrageous it, compared it, to where it is low. today. And I, and I think that's the sentiment everywhere we go. Every state we've been in to speak with, people are like, "I wouldn't give a dime to the Republican mm-hmm. Party," but they'll but they'll love Trump. You know, they're so disappointed in the 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 Paul Ryan, Mitt Romney, you know, history, Mitch McConnell, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Lindsey Graham, you know, that whole that whole era. Do you see this where people are like, I don't know about a Republican. I mean, we're not the flyover Republicans. It's flyover mm-hmm. conservatives based on principles and party. But do you see that state by state where people like you see, we're like 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 uh, black males age 25 to I think 36, it's trending so strong towards uh, President Trump, but I don't know that they're trending towards Republican. They just relate with, hey, I, I, I hear his message in a strong way. Are you seeing that state by state where it's it's more of a, the MAGA idea is strong and what, are you America first or not? Or is it going to be just a Republican version of let's go fight, you know, all over the world and spend money like crazy? Yeah, that's a that's a steady trend across the country on the on the political right. And it's going to continue to become more pronounced. If you look at the polling numbers now, polling is to be taken with a grain of salt. It is simply a tool. It is not anything to to agree in like you'd believe in the Bible. But it's something that should be able to point you in a direction of understanding, especially when you have these targeted polls and they continue to produce a shot group that makes sense. Every single demographic out there, with very few exceptions is more favorable to President Trump than they were in 2020. And none more important than the suburban, moderate, or the postgraduate voter. So the demographics that actually were trending left in 2020 legitimately are no longer trending left. Mm. You have more traction with all minority working class groups than we've ever had. The MAGA movement's picking up steam, and a lot of it that brought it about was the pain 
felt with the Biden administration. Mm. And the election in Argentina last week, eventually people have enough pain where they make their voices heard. You had a great sub stack on that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, cynics are going to say, well, what does it matter if elections are rigged? Look, you're, you can't steal every election from now until the end of time. 62% of Americans believe the 2020 election was manipulated by widespread cheating. Five out of eight Americans. Only one in three Americans don't believe that. And that's a number that will probably continue to decline. So we are mm-hmm. at the point of the information operation where we've done our job and made people aware of the issues. And also the 2022 midterms, especially in Arizona, that made a lot more people that didn't maybe like President Trump aware of this issue. And we have Carrie Lake and her team to thank for pursuing this in court, even though it was thrown out. As you see in Arizona, corruption is rampant. The attorney general here fraudulently elected in the last midterm is now pushing charges, felony charges at two supervisors from Cochise County for withholding certification of last year's midterm. So what's the point of even having a certification if it's supposed to be a rubber stamp? But Mm. people now see the issues with our elections. Everybody is going to be on the lookout for this. President Trump is probably going to clear 80 million votes. So we are going to we're going to have uh, our hands full county by county next year doing everything we can to get him back in office. Mm -hmm. So, you know, our slogan here, we've talked about it several times, is wake up, speak up and show up. What are different ways that Americans that are listening here today, Flyover family that's listening, thinking, what can I do? during this time to make a difference. What are some recommendations that you have for people to do during this time? Coach us up. I stole one of your, one of your pillars right there, which is show up. But the five things I've been talking about, and I've spoken about this at some of our tour stops is lives. It's an acronym. Military folks love acronyms, lives, L I V E S like fight for their lives. L stands for lead. We need people to step up and lead in the field of elections, in party politics. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. We should all be frustrated with, especially the RNC. But the county Republican parties are desperately short for precinct committeemen, precinct captains, especially in a lot of our critical election grounds like Maricopa County. Lead. And if you're not going to lead in the political parties, that's fine, too. Everybody has a unique skill that they need to bring to the forefront of what they do. So there is leadership even in your daily activities. And then I – I is for investigate. That's what I've been doing. Now, it doesn't just relate only to elections. We have people that investigate all kinds of public corruption, financial issues. We have people that are investigating the medical and big farm industries over COVID. So we need people to investigate. If you're a brainiac, if you're somebody that likes to do research, there's work for you to do. And then to report that, to get that stuff out there. And then V for volunteer. So if you don't have the time capacity to lead wholeheartedly, Everybody can volunteer some time. It's going to be very important starting in September of next year in the lead up to the general election all the way through. Some of these positions aren't even truly volunteer positions. They can be paid to be election judges. And then we have E for engage. Engaging means engaging with the people around you, engaging with your party if you're a Republican. And that would mean starting to de-conflict these primaries now before they turn into heated battles that divide the movement. There's so much division on the political right. We can barely even get anything done, and we've got the whole world up against us. Engaging may also mean writing letters to the editor. It may mean speaking up these school board meetings. And then finally, S, show up, and that means show up. It means start going to these meetings. Start making your voices heard. Get your voice out there. Do interviews. Don't be afraid to show up at the school board meeting and say something controversial. I was recently invited to a county commissioner's meeting in South Dakota when I was staying with a guest, or I was staying with a host, Uh, as a guest 
And they asked me to show up at this meeting to talk about elections. And they handed me a stack of canvassing data showing fraudulent registrations in RV parks. No doubt. We've got proof of it. And I'm under the impression that people are putting elections issues on the county commissioner's plates all day long. First time they've heard of it. And about Hmm. four people showed up. So people are saying that we're going. But you remember the story of Moses in front of Pharaoh. I don't think he just went one time Mm -mm. or twice over and over and over again. Right. Ask, seek, and knock and be persistent. So lives, lead, investigate, volunteer, engage, and show up. Out of those five, I believe that everybody watching the show today can find it in their conscience to put their money where their mouth is and get out there. I love it. I love That's it. And, and a good part amazing. of that is, is go to skeschel.substack.com. Go there. Even even if you just tab it and you get the free stuff mm-hmm. that, that he puts out, um, it is so worth it. If you want to know accurate, like if you ask Seth what time it is, it's like, 227 Mm -hmm. like he is precise and on point with everything that he says and everything that he writes it's well thought out and uh it equips you to have much better conversations at christmas with your Mm -hmm. friends and family at the water cooler at work Mm -hmm. you're you're armed to have better debate so thank you so much for joining us today we really appreciate your time david stacy colton avery great to be with you guys again wishing you all a merry christmas and look forward to seeing you in california in two weeks to larry coming up two weeks we'll be there man see you there Our founding fathers evolved the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Well, Wesley and I got all in the Christmas spirit after decorating, and we decided to make a naughty and nice list. And Ooh. I have to say, Avery, you're doing quite well. Really? So we're trying to decide who all we're going to buy my pillow stuff for Christmas. You know, if you use promo code FLYOVER, you get up to 66% off when you go to MyPillow.com. That's a great deal. Can't beat it. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Promo code FLYOVER. I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98. Or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. 
Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to mypillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six piece towels for only $29.98, or get your very own my pillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last.